For the end of the world, this is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to Your Community Spirit. Uh, We come at you every Friday from 10 to 10.30 a.m., here on WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. And uh, that song was a song called Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. And uh, I picked that one today because it seemed like, like it was nice and peppy and upbeat and energetic and inspired to, to get us going on our inspired Friday morning and Friday afternoon. So the biggest news, the biggest happening we have for the week is that uh, well, first of all, we have Orr out of town this week. Uh, he's traveling once again on his uh, solar adventures. His, uh, 
his commitment to renewable energy is such that he ends up going out of town all the time to create solar systems and spread the word about renewable energy. So I'll be flying solo today, uh, but we do have some happenings and news for you that should be plenty to keep us entertained while he's away. And he'll be back again soon to tell us how it all went. In the meantime, though, our biggest happening of the week is the students. As those of you who live in Carbondale and in all of southern Illinois, really, may have noticed, uh, there's a lot more people around suddenly. Uh, that's because the SIU session has just restarted. So it's been a good opportunity to see returning faces, people who went away for the summer, and new people who have either never been to Carbondale before or never gone to school here. So welcome to you if this is your first time listening to WDBX or your first week in Carbondale. And welcome to you even if it's not, even if you've been here a long time like me. <laughs> so on this show we have a lot of happenings and news that we read, uh, community events in Carbondale and Southern Illinois. If you'd like to share your happenings with us, you can go ahead and send us a message. My email address is treesong at treesong.org, and we'll be sure to let everyone in Southern Illinois that your event is happening. And when they hear it here, they'll get excited and show up, hopefully. So we've got a couple happenings today, uh, the first of which is the 13th Annual Insect Awareness and Appreciation Day. The 13th Annual Insect Awareness and Appreciation Day will be held Saturday, August 25th at War Bluff Valley Wildlife Sanctuary. This is located just north of Golconda. This annual celebration of six-legged creatures, sponsored by the Shawnee Audubon Society, begins at 3 p.m. and continues into the evening. The festival is a free, family-friendly event. Insect Awareness and Appreciation Day features a gathering of entomologists, who are insect specialists, from across the region and the state. They will be offering guided field trips and workshops on many topics. The specialists will share their knowledge and passion for insects. Each activity will be offered twice, thus enabling the guests an opportunity to learn as much as possible from a wide variety of experts. The insect adventures, they will lead guests through forests, fields, gardens, streams, and ponds. Among the experts featured this year are Jim Wicker, the co-author of the new Field Guide to the Skippers of Illinois. And skippers are those tiny yellow butterflies at all of your flowers around this time of year. Uh, with net in hand, he will catch, identify, and discuss each butterfly and moth he encounters. Especially interesting to educators will be biologist Sue Dee's workshop on rearing butterflies and moths at home or in the classroom as well as how to attract these flying gems into the garden. You can also join Southern Illinois University Carbondale's land snail specialist, Marla Coppolino, as they explore snails of the heartland. They will be uncovering the mysteries of these tiny, overlooked parts of our world. Pollination and the interaction between plants and insects will be investigated by members of SIUC's Plant Biology Department. Uh, the guests at this event will also be exploring the ponds and streams with aquatic entomologists from SIUC's zoology department. They'll be checking to see who lives under the water. Uh, biologist Dr. Steve Taylor of the Illinois Natural History Survey will use a sweep net to reveal the many critters that are living in the fields surrounding the meeting hall. So there will be also children's insect art and crafts activities, insect face painting, 
and an insect zoo available throughout the afternoon. There's also a potluck dinner and uh, evening entertainment by uh, the popular folk duo Raj and Bob, who we've played some of their songs here on uh, the show, actually. <laughs> and this will be a good opportunity for one of their uh, hits called Air, Hicks, and Ticks, since it does make reference to bugs, and it's an ode to the summer in southern Illinois. It's a good opportunity for that song. Also, the Cicada Serenade. I remember that one, too. These are both very good songs for an insect festival. So, if all this talk of bugs and enjoying the outdoors sounds exciting, uh, you can go ahead and check this out at Warbluff Valley Wildlife Sanctuary coming up tomorrow, which is Saturday, August 25th. So, for more information on that and a complete schedule of events, you can contact Karen at 618-457-6367 or you can check out their website at www.shawneeautobahn.org. Now, we've been reporting on the uh, Insect Awareness Day for, actually, probably for most of its existence now at this point. It was the 13th anniversary, and your community spirit's been around for, oh, quite a while. Like I don't even know how long at this point. <laughs> but it's always a fun event to report on, because, number one, it's fun to get out in the woods, and number two... It's fun to talk about bugs. So we've got more happenings for you in just one moment. But first, we'll have another little musical interlude for you. This one is by a group called Incubus Succubus, who I've played on here several times now. And this song in particular, which is called Heartbeat of the Earth. Because here at Community Spirit, we do try to listen to the heartbeat of Earth and pass on a little bit of what it's saying.
So can you hear the heartbeat of the earth? If not, you might want to take a trip out to the cool shade in the woods. And it's a good way to cool off on a hot day, going in the shade in the woods and possibly going in a body of water, a stream, a lake, whatever you can find to keep cool. So once again, you're listening to Your Community Spirit here on WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. And we actually only have one more happening for the day. Uh, that is the Student Environmental Center. I just went to the first meeting of the semester for the Student Environmental Center. Uh, I've always been fond of them. And they've got a new, new group of students who came yesterday and had a really good meeting. And uh, so they're planning on having another one next week. Their meetings are Thursdays at 8 p.m. at the Interfaith Center, which is located at 913 South Illinois Avenue. It's on the corner of Illinois and Grand, which is actually right across from the university. So they always talk about interesting stuff there, ecological issues, social issues, ways that people can get involved. And so it's pretty exciting stuff. I know I'll be there next week. So hopefully other people who are interested in the earth and the environment uh, will make their way out there too. I almost forgot to mention, they have a new website. Their website is at secsiuc.org. It's got an explanation of what the group's all about, some photos from some of their past adventures, and when the meeting times are and all that good stuff. So once again, SEC. If you're one of our regular listeners, you may be able to guess what our top story of the day is about, our first story. And yes, you guessed it, it's climate change. Uh, we, we like to talk about other ecological issues too, especially when it's you know positive initiatives that are being put forward. But we do like to keep up to date on the latest news on climate change. And so our first story for the day, all packed and ready to go. That's packed, P-A-C-T. <laughs> little pun there. All packed and ready to go. Six western states, two Canadian provinces, agree to a regional climate pact. Yesterday, the, the leaders of six western states and two Canadian provinces agreed to their own regional climate pact, aiming to cut greenhouse gas emissions to 15% below the 2000 levels, oh, excuse me, the 2005 levels, by 2020. The Western Climate Initiative aims to have a cap-and-trade system in place by August of 2008, 
and wants to partner with other trading systems like the European Union's and the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative in the U.S. Northeast. While the 15% target isn't quite ambitious enough for some, Greens are hopeful that the growing movement to set even relatively weak state and regional climate standards will eventually influence the feds to adopt a national program. At least half of the U.S. states involved in this week's agreement, California, Oregon, and Washington, already have state climate standards that exceed the modest WCI goal. The other PAC members are Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and Canada's Manitoba and British Columbia. Straight to the source, the Bloomberg News and Reuters, the 22nd of August, 2007. I hear a whisper on the wind sometimes, and it tells me to listen to the trees. So here's a story about trees. Living in deforest. Amazon land settlement said to increase deforestation. The Brazilian government is looking into accusations that sketchy sustainable development deals may have led to increased logging in the Amazon rainforest. After an eight-month investigation... Greenpeace has reported that Brazil's National Land Reform Agency housed thousands of poor families in rainforest areas that are valuable to the timber industry, then looked the other way when the settlers sold logging rights to major companies. Under the settlement scheme, families are permitted to log 80% of their land under a strict forest management plan. But the plans are now dictated by big timber, which doesn't tend to be keen on following sustainability guidelines or on paying the market value. The news comes on the heels of Brazil's announcement last week that as of July 2006, the overall Amazon deforestation rate had fallen to its lowest point in at least seven years. We're smiling on one side of our mouth and frowning on the other. Straight to the source, BBC News, Planet Arc, Reuters, 22nd of August 2007. So we've got to... Take care of those trees down there. I've got to mention this one just because of some of the fond encounters I've had with the U.S. Forest Service in the past. <laughs> Ray Snarls, top Forest Service official, may be held in contempt of court. The top official at the U.S. Forest Service has some splaining to do. Mark Ray may be held in contempt of court and possibly jailed unless the U.S. Forest Service follows through on a court-ordered analysis 
of the environmental impact of a toxic flame retardant. U.S. District Judge Donald W. Malloy has ruled. In 2003, ammonium phosphate that was dropped on a wildfire killed 20,000 fish in an Oregon Creek. As a result of a lawsuit brought by Forest Service employees for environmental ethics, Malloy ordered the U.S. Forest Service to provide an environmental analysis of the chemical on the day the review was due, the agency filed for an extension. Unamused, Malloy has ordered Ray to appear in his court in October unless the U.S. Forest Service completes the analysis beforehand, which is unlikely at this point. Quote, The Forest Service cannot disregard the orders regarding the Endangered Species Act, Malloy wrote. According to Andy Stahl of the Forest Service Employees for Environmental Ethics, a little time in the slammer would, quote, uh, coerce future good behavior. He had worked for Paris Hilton, so why not for the Forest Service? <laughs> Straight to the source, uh, Associated Press, 20th of August, 2007. And one of the reasons I like that story, too, is it mentions the uh, Forest Service Employees for Environmental Ethics. Because, you know, while, while I have had many, many criticisms of actions taken by the Forest Service, there are also, obviously, people in the organization who care about environmental ethics. another news story. Now, I actually don't like reading stories related to uh, George W. Bush, because I think he gets too much airtime. There are many other people in the world doing much more important things than the, the wild and crazy and destructive things he does. But this one I've got to read for the kiddies, because he's doing stuff to children. Again, <laughs> uh, toying with our emotions. Bush administration may be complicit in lead-painted toy debacle. While China has endured a lot of criticism for the lead-painted toy debacle, the Bush administration is not off the hook. Consumer advocates say that the anti-regulation administration has hindered attempts to crack down on inspection of imported Chinese playthings. In addition, critics accuse the feds of encouraging the Consumer Product Safety Commission to be less oriented to consumer safety and more focused on pleasing the manufacturers. Quote, We've been complaining about the issue, warning it is going to happen, and it is disappointing that it has happened, said Tom Nelter of the Sierra Club, which sued the U.S. EPA in December after the agency chose not to require safety studies for companies that are using lead in children's products. China is, of course, far from guilt-free. It's currently fi fighting a CPSC proposal that would reduce allowable levels of lead in children's jewelry. Straight to the source, the Seattle Times, 21st of August, 2007.
right, and in other news, I don't like it when people try to keep secrets, especially about important stuff. So I'm going to read this story about somebody that's been trying to keep secrets. We put the unclear in nuclear. Potentially deadly uranium spill in Tennessee kept secret. As part of its model for a newer, more relevant form of democracy in the 21st century, the U.S. government in 2004 clamped down on the public's access to information on all things nuclear. They did this for so-called national security reasons. Hidden in the big old nuclear hidey hole was news of a leak of highly enriched uranium at a nuclear fuel processing plant in Tennessee that could have caused an uncontrolled nuclear reaction, a.k.a. a world of radioactive hurt. The leak was just one of nine problems since 2005 at privately owned nuclear fuel services, which has most recently been turning the U.S. government's weapons-grade uranium stockpile into commercial reactor fuel. Over nine gallons of highly enriched uranium seeped out of a transfer line onto the floor. Sounds like something from the Simpsons nuclear reactors. I'll, I'll read that again. Over nine gallons of highly enriched uranium seeped out of a transfer line and onto the floor. And it was first noticed by a passing employee when the yellowish liquid seeped into the hallway. The company was not fined for the incident, but instead was asked to review its safety culture. Hmm, maybe it's time for a cultural revolution. Straight to the source, Associated Press, 20th of August, 2007. You know, I'm not really a big fan of nuclear leaks. Uh, I guess this is the latest latest success for the clean nuclear energy that all of the nuclear advocates talk about. In other news, more climate change issues. Sorry, grandchildren. Climate tipping points could happen sooner than expected, says recent research. You thought the predictions on climate chaos by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change were scary? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. The IPCC predicted that massive Greenland ice sheets could completely melt in 1,000 years, raising sea levels by almost 23 feet. But in a new study, British researcher Tim Lenton says it might happen in a mere 300 years. By the end of the century, says Lenton's study, we may pass tipping points for the destruction of the Amazon, melting of the West Antarctic ice sheet, shrinking of the northern boreal forest, and collapse of the global ocean circulation system. So, hey, let's hope that that doesn't happen. Well, happy Friday to you. <laughs> With that cheery news.
that's all we have time for today on Your Community Spirit. Once again, if you have community happenings for us, you can go ahead and contact us. Our email address, you can reach me at treesong at treesong.org. And uh, I know that last story was a bit of a downer there, but remember that there's plenty of you know things to be positive about, too. Like locally, groups like the Student Environmental Center and the uh, good work that they do, they're having their meetings on Thursdays at 8 p.m. at the Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois Avenue. I know whenever I hear uh, stories like that, that's one of the first things that comes to mind is, okay, what can I go out and do in the community related to this news? So once again, it's been an informative, action-packed, and hopefully entertaining episode of Your Community Spirit. If you had half as much fun as I did, then, well, we're all off to a good start of our day. So I hope you have a good Friday, good weekend, hope you stay cool, and we'll be back next week, presumably with Orr, assuming he makes it back by then, which he probably will. So stay cool, get out in the shade, and get out swimming if you can. <laughs>